Okay, let's just pray together. Father, God, we're here to meet with you, and God, you are so here. Your presence is so tangible this morning. God, we're just so grateful for you. And Father, right now, we just ask that you'd speak to us. God, we're not here just to say, oh yeah, God was there, and then go, go on our merry way. God, no, we're here to hear from you. God, we open our hearts to you, and we ask you to speak into each and every one of our lives what we need to hear from you today, Father. Have your way in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, how many of you are aware that you have a comfort zone? A couple of you are. The rest of you aren't so sure. Oh, no, I don't have a comfort zone. We all have a comfort zone where we like to live. It's the place where we are comfortable, where things are familiar, where we feel safe and secure, and uh, we just kind of know the routine and all right, I got this, I can do this, I've kind of gotten the rhythm down here, I know how to do life in my comfort zone, and things pop up, but it's okay, I know how to tackle those things and take care of them, and I know the people in my comfort zone, and I'm really comfortable with the people in my comfort zone, and we've got it. And so often we live right there in our little comfort zone, and really aren't even aware that we're in a comfort zone, that we have a comfort zone, until we're asked to step outside our comfort zone. And then we become very aware that we have a comfort zone because outside our comfort zone, what happens? It's uncomfortable. It's unfamiliar. We feel a little insecure. We feel like, oh, I'm not quite sure how to navigate things out here. Oh, there's some things that are a bit of a stretch for me. There's some people that are a stretch for me to love out there. There's all kinds of things out there that are unfamiliar. It's new territory. And usually, if we had our choice, we would choose to live in our comfort zone. Is that true? All right. Now, let's think about it for a moment. We have our comfort zone here. Where? This is good. We can handle this on our own. We are doing good. We don't, we don't need any help. We got this. And I always get told my, my bracelets make too much noise, so I'm taking them off. <laughs> so here's our comfort zone. And then over here, this is outside our comfort zone. This is a place we need help. We don't really know what to do. We need God's help. So if this is a place where we can handle everything on our own, and this is the place where we need God, where do you think God would prefer we live? One brave woman, woman willing to <laughs> acknowledge God might want us to live outside our comfort zone. How come you're not all jumping up and down about that? <laughs> that is exciting. <laughs> you know what? It really is exciting because as we stretch beyond our comfort zone, it brings more of God into our lives. It increases our capacity for God. We see him do more in our lives. And that's what he wants. And you know, today, I want to talk about stretching beyond our comfort zone, but not just 
to the things that are beyond our comfort zone, I want us to think about the people that are beyond our comfort zone. Because there are people, whether we realize it or not, there, right now there are people outside your comfort zone. There are people outside your comfort zone that God wants to love. He wants to pour his love into their lives. And you know what? He wants to do it through you. He wants to pour his love into their lives through you. So who's outside your comfort zone? Start to think about the people that might be outside your comfort zone because God is asking us to love beyond our comfort zones. And so today, I want us to look together in the Word at someone who God asked him to love someone else who was way beyond his comfort zone. And we're going to be looking in Acts chapter 10 at the story of Peter and Cornelius. You know, God asked Peter to step way beyond his comfort zone, to extend the love of God to Cornelius, a centurion, a Gentile. Now, to understand this fully, you have to understand that up to this point, the full gospel message had not been given to the Gentiles at all only to the Jews. And, and so this is the very first time the gospel would be brought to Gentiles. And God says, yeah, Peter, you're the guy. You're the guy. I'm going to set you up, and you are going to deliver my message, the full gospel message, the message of Jesus' death on that cross on Calvary, the message of not just his death, but his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, his sending the Holy Spirit to abide with us and in us and empower us to continue the work of Jesus on the earth. That full message had not yet been taken to the Gentiles. And so for Peter, Cornelius was way out of his comfort zone because he was a Gentile, and it was thought that this gospel message was not for the Gentiles. They were unclean. They were people that Jews wouldn't even talk to. So Cornelius was like the furthest person from his comfort zone. And God chose him to be the deliverer of his love. And so I want us to take a moment and just let me give you an overview, the bird's eye view of this story, and then we'll zoom in and look a little more closely at a few things. But just to get you up to speed so that we don't take the time to read the entire chapter, here's Cornelius. And it's, the Bible says that he's a devout man. He's a man of great religious values. He honors God. He believes that there is one God, and he raises his family to honor God. And it, it says that he's a generous man. He's generous to, towards the poor. He's a very good person. He's a good man who honors God, has great values, has a good reputation. He has a tender heart toward God. He's hungry for more of God, but he doesn't know. He hasn't heard the message. He doesn't know that he can have relationship, that the Holy Spirit will come and abide in him, and he can have this living relationship with God. He doesn't know that, yet he's hungry for God. And so he's praying one day, 
And he has this vision. And in the vision, an angel appears to him and calls his name Cornelius. He says, yes, Lord, here I am. And the angel says to him, the Lord has heard your prayers and your alms, your giving to the poor, has come up before him as a memorial. He remembers you. Cornelius, he sees you. He sees your hunger for God, and he is going to prepare someone to bring a message to you. So I want you to send people to Joppa to get Peter and bring him back to you. So Cornelius says, okay, and he gathers three men and sends them on to Joppa. Now, over here in Joppa is Peter. Now, Peter's staying with Simon the Tanner, and he's hungry. It's just an ordinary day. He's hungry. Someone's missing food to eat. He says, I'm going to go up to the rooftop to pray. He goes up to the rooftop, and the men are on their way, but he has no idea. He has no idea something out of the ordinary is about to happen, and he's just praying, and all of a sudden, while he's praying, he has a vision, and in his vision, it's like the heavens open up and this big sheet drops down by all four corners and on this sheet are all kinds of four-legged animals and wild beasts and he hears this voice that says arise peter go kill and eat and he says no no lord i would never do such a thing i would never eat something that is unclean and then the voice says peter what i have made clean, don't ever call unclean. And he's trying to process this. What does this mean? And he has this same vision. It keeps repeating, repeats three times. And so then while he's there pondering and just trying to absorb this, God, what is this you're saying to me? You're saying there's things that I've called unclean that you're saying is clean. And he's processing this whole thing in his mind. And while he is pondering the vision, the men from Cornelius' house arrive. And an angel says to, uh, to Peter, and the Spirit of God speaking to him, says, there's some men downstairs. I want you to go down and go with them. And you're going to not, ha not have to worry about anything. Don't doubt, don't question, just know that I have sent them. And I'm asking you to go with them. He says, okay, God's speaking to him. God's doing this work in his heart. He goes down, he says, okay. He meets these men. He brings them into the house. They stay the night there so that they can start their journey first thing in the morning. First thing in the morning, he goes with them. And he goes back to Cornelius' home where Cornelius has gathered all of his family and close friends. And he goes in and he and Cornelius exchange stories and Peter begins to share the gospel message with these Gentiles for the first time. And it says that as he's speaking, as he's sharing the gospel with them, the Holy Spirit is poured out onto all of them. And miraculous things start to happen. And it's amazing what God does as Peter was willing to go to someone outside of his comfort zone. So that's the bird's eye view of this story. But I want us to zoom in and to look closely at three specific things that happened in this encounter. First of all, I want us to notice the inward working of love. You see, God did an inward working in Peter's heart 
while he was on that rooftop praying. God spoke to Peter. He spoke to him through that vision, and he spoke to him to reveal to him an issue that was in his heart, an attitude, a judgment, a prejudice that he had toward the Gentiles. Ladies, this is so important. We have got to understand this. When someone is outside our comfort zone, it is always a reflection of what's going on right here, of an issue within our heart. Because if our heart fully embraced them, they wouldn't be outside our comfort zone. And you know, usually when someone's outside our comfort zone, we think it's an issue with them. We think, oh, well, they're just really different. They're just really difficult. They're just, they're really intimidating. I don't have anything that I could offer to them. And we usually ignore them and we don't even think of reaching out to them. And we just write it off as it's an issue with them. And that's exactly what Peter had done with the Gentiles. But through that vision, God was speaking to Peter. And it was though God had said to him, hey, Peter, you know what? There are people who you have written off as unclean, as inappropriate to talk to, as unacceptable. There are people who you have judged as unworthy to receive my love, to receive the message of my gospel and my incredible love for them. And you know what, Peter? I call them clean. I call them worthy to receive my love. So you need to stop calling them unclean and you need to take my message to them. Now, God is so brilliant because he didn't send an angel to say it in those words to Peter. If he did, Peter may have been like, uh, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> but God is so brilliant. And so he just gives Peter this vision and just lets it sink in to Peter's heart. And as Peter began to meditate on that and to ponder it, the Holy Spirit just brought the truth that he was speaking to him and made that alive and dropped the revelation into Peter's heart and began to do this inward working in Peter's heart where he recognized that there are more people that God wants to love than what I have seen before. And you know, I venture to say that we all have some attitudes from time to time towards others that prevent us from being carriers of God's love to them. Would you agree with that? Yes. So let's talk about what some of those attitudes might be. <laughs> because it's one thing to say yes, oh yes. But let's talk about what they are so that we can deal with them and get rid of them, right? Yes. All right. You know, here at Chick Connection, the last month or so, in talking about loving others, we've talked a lot about standing up for justice and opening our mouths for the defenseless. And we've talked about human trafficking and reaching out to survivors. And last week, about talking about reaching unreached people groups across the globe and, and reaching the nations for Jesus. And, you know, sometimes we can hear those things and have a little bit of a, an attitude in our heart. Well, there's nothing I can do. They're so far away. I can't really relate. I mean, what could I possibly do? 
And you know what? If we see them as outside our comfort zone, that means there's a little adjustment that needs to be made within our heart. Because God wants us to have a part in reaching them, whatever that part is, even if it's just praying earnestly for them. Maybe some of us, or all of us at times, have attitudes that are judgmental because uh, we don't quite approve of what someone is doing. Maybe we don't approve of their political views. Maybe we don't approve of their lifestyle choices. They're doing things that we don't agree with. You know what? When there is behavior that is contrary to God's word, he never stops loving the person. He may not condone the behavior, but he never stops loving the person. And what does the Bible say? What is it that will bring them to repentance? The love of God. And how does he want to pour out his love into others? Through us. So we've got to learn to love them and not put them outside our comfort zones because we don't agree with them or because we have judgmental attitudes. Sometimes we can have things in our heart because we're intimidated by someone. Do you know that human nature reaches out more easily to someone who we feel like we have something to offer than to someone who we feel like we have nothing to offer? So most often, we'll reach out to someone who we feel like we can really make a difference. We have something to offer to them. But when it comes to someone who may be or may seem more affluent than we are, may seem like they have everything they could possibly want, may seem like they have it all together, we shrink back and we put up a barrier that puts them on the outside of our comfort zone. And God's saying, I want to love them, and I want to love them through you. Maybe we get negative attitudes towards difficult people. Does anyone ever have any difficult people in your life? You ever get frustrated with them? Sometimes that frustration breeds negativity that puts up walls, and we put them on the other side of that wall because we want that wall to protect from them because they are just so difficult to deal with. We've got to recognize when there's people outside our comfort zone, it is revealing an attitude in our heart. It might be revealing fear in our heart. Maybe we're afraid to reach out to them. It may be revealing hurt or unforgiveness that's in our heart. I have a friend, and when I first met her years ago, it is safe to say she absolutely hated women. She felt like women were so catty and petty and nothing more than gossips and judgmental and hurtful. She wanted nothing to do with women. And she refused to go to women's meetings women's events, but one day, somehow, someone convinced her to go to a women's event, and she was there very reluctantly, 
arms crossed the whole time, couldn't wait to get out of there, didn't want to speak to anyone because surely they were going to judge her for something or gossip about her. And in the midst of that event, something drew her heart. She didn't want to admit it, but there was a little crack and her heart was starting to soften and she went back the next time and the next time and God began to do this inner healing work in her heart and today her life is completely consumed by ministering to hurting women and she says she's never been so happy in her life never been so fulfilled but if she didn't allow God to do that inner work of his love in her heart, she would never be fulfilled today. She would never be doing what God has called her to do today. We've got to recognize if there are people outside our comfort zone, it's a reflection of what's going on in here. And we need God's inner working to make some adjustments in our own heart. So think about who's outside your comfort zone today. Anybody outside your comfort zone? Ask yourself what it is that has put them outside your comfort zone rather than inside your comfort zone. Is it fear? Is it intimidation? Is it hurt? Is it insecurity? Is it apathy or complacency? Most often when we ask that question, it will reveal an attitude within our heart that needs God to come in and heal, to soften, to give us a greater revelation of his love, not just for us, but for them as well. So first thing, Peter had that inner working in his heart of God's love. Second thing I want us to zoom in and notice about this story is the outward willingness to love. God did this inward working in Peter's heart, but then Peter had to demonstrate an outward willingness to love. It's one thing to be willing on the inside, but it's a different thing to be willing on the outside. Because if we're really willing on the outside, that means we're putting action to the willingness that's on the inside. That's what proves if we're really willing or not. So in Acts chapter 10, in verse 19, it says, And while Peter was earnestly revolving the vision in his mind and meditating on it, the Holy Spirit said to him, Behold, three men are looking for you. Get up and go below and accompany them without any doubt about the legality or the discrimination or hesitation. For I have sent them. And then Peter went down to the men and said, I'm the man you seek. Let's stop right there for a moment. So Peter, he's on the housetop. He's had this vision. God's speaking to him. God's working on his heart, softening his heart. He's having this revelation from God. And God says, okay, there's these three men. The men from Cornelius' house, they've arrived. But Peter doesn't know where they're from. He has no idea. And so he's like, okay, God's working in my heart. He's sent someone. He's got an assignment for me. Okay, I'm in. Let's go. Let me go down and meet him. Come on in. And you know, you've 
we've all had times when God works in our heart and God, God softens our heart. God shows something to us and there's this revelation that comes from him. And you know at times when your heart softens, it's so easy to say yes, isn't it? We say, yes, God, oh, thank you for your love. Thank you for the revelation. Yes, God, what do you want to do through me? I'm in, I'm ready, here I am, let's go. Who do you want to send me to? And that's what Peter did. He went down, he said, yes, great, let's go. What is it, where, where are we going? Then he begins to ask the rest of that verse. He says, what is the purpose of your coming? And then they tell him who he's going to see. We're going to Cornelius the centurion, and Peter, then it hits him. A uh, Gentile? Really? He doesn't say that, but can you imagine? That's what he's thinking. Uh, and then it's got to really drop the revelation like, okay, God, that's why you gave me this revelation. That's why you showed me this vision. Okay, and never do we see Peter go like, no, 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 I can't go to him. Somebody else, somebody else. Uh, let's go somewhere else. Never does Peter react like that. But what do we do? A lot of times when God works in our heart and he gives us fresh revelation and we say, God, I'm ready. Who do you want to send me to? Let's go, let's go, let's go to the neighbors. Let's go to the checker at the grocery store. I'll share your love with her, with the teacher at the kids' school. God, who is it? I'm ready. And he says, Oh, you know that friend that really hurt you? You know the one that you confided in and, and she broke your confidence and shared that personal thing with other people? Oh, you know that friend that you opened up to and she made you feel like a really bad mom or a really bad wife or that one that you shared something really personal with and made yourself vulnerable and you felt like she just so judged you? You know that one? I want you to go to her. And I want you to love her. And I want you to extend forgiveness to her. Because that hurt and that unforgiveness moved her outside your comfort zone. And now it's time to drop the wall and extend love and forgiveness to her. And what do we say? <laughs> no, that's not who I meant, God. No. No, I meant the, the checker, really. can I just talk to the checker down at Albertsons today, really? Somebody else, God, please. It's so easy to say yes, God, when he's, we're, we're just absorbed in his love and he's giving us fresh revelation. We say, okay, God, I'm ready. And then maybe at other times he says, okay, you know who I want you to go to? It's that person that got the promotion instead of you. It's the person who got that opportunity that you have been waiting for and wanting for such a long time. It's that person who got the, the role and the title that you feel like you deserve. And you know what I want you to do? I want you to go and celebrate with her. I want you to take her to a celebration lunch. And we say, ah, no, God, not her. He says, yeah, that's the one. That one that is right now really uncomfortable for you to love, I want to pour my love through you into her life. And we say, oh, okay, can we be like Peter and just not even flinch? Okay, God, I'm on it. 
Sometimes he asks us to love people that are just outside our comfort zone. Sometimes when we think of people outside our comfort zone, we think of people far off. But sometimes they're so close and we've just moved them outside our comfort zone because of attitudes and things in our heart towards them. Sometimes he wants us to go to that person that we feel like has just been ignoring us and giving us the cold shoulder, that person that we really wanted to be a friend with and we just feel like they're, they're completely ignoring us or that one that we're just intimidated by who looks like she just has it all together and wouldn't even want to be our friend. And God says, go to her and love her. Show yourself friendly to her. You know what? So often, ladies, we make false assumptions that put people outside our comfort zone. It is so easy for us to assume things that people are thinking when most of the time that is not even what they're thinking at all. And that assumption puts them outside our comfort zone. If, when if we would just step beyond our comfort zone and extend love to them, we might discover that they never had any intention of ignoring us, but they're so hurting it themselves within their own life, and they've just been praying for someone to reach out and be a friend to them. God wants us to love beyond our comfort zones. For you, maybe it's where he's saying, okay, you know who I want you to go to today? It's your husband. You know that one, that guy that was your closest comfort zone? The one where you just felt safe and just so secure with him, but now because of hurt and frustration and anger, you don't even want to love him right now. And God says, it's time to let down the walls. It's time to soften your heart and just go to him and love him and have grace for him cut him a little slack and what do we say I don't want to and we say well God when he changes then I will then I'll soften my heart when he apologizes because he was wrong God you know he was wrong and we argue with God ladies can I tell you something sometimes especially with spouses we can get in this vicious cycle where we're both doing the same thing and we're both nitpicking at each other and we're both getting frustrated and think of it like a bicycle a bicycle is going in the one direction, and both wheels are just doing the same thing over and over and over again, right? But you know what? It only takes one wheel to stop to stop the whole bicycle. It only takes one of us to make that internal adjustment and say, okay, God, I'll soften my heart. But our human nature says, no, when he softens his but we've got to recognize God wants us to be the one to extend love. If we see that there's someone in our life that is uncomfortable to love right now, we've got to look and see what is it showing about us. Allow God's love to bring healing there, to soften our heart so that we can take that step and be that vessel through which God will love that person. You know, Peter and the men, they started on their journey after, you know, Peter said, yes, we'll go, spend the night. In the morning, they started on their journey to Cornelius' home. I think God is asking us 
to take a journey with him every single day, loving people beyond our comfort zones. Are we willing? Are you willing? The third thing I want us to see, there was that inward working by God. There was the outward willingness of Peter. And thirdly, there was a miraculous power at work, the miraculous power of love. You see, when Peter got to Cornelius' house, the first thing out of his mouth, it says in verse 28, he said to them, you yourselves are aware how it is not lawful or permissible for a Jew to keep company with or to visit or even to come near or to speak first to anyone of another nationality. But God has shown and taught me by words that I should not call any human being common or unhallowed or ceremonially unclean. What he's saying when he gets there is, wow, first and foremost, I just want to tell you, I was wrong. I've judged you, but God has enlarged my heart for you. He has shown me that he loves you, that he loves all people. And I want you to know that. I want you to understand and experience his love. And as he begins to share with them, there's four miracles that take place here. First of all, Peter, his life was changed forever because he had this new revelation from God. His life that had been limited and his thinking that was so limited that this message was for the Jews and not for the Gentiles. His world exploded. His world expanded. Peter would never be the same. What a miracle in his own life. And then, in, in verse 34, he even says, I now understand that God shows no partiality and is no respecter of persons. He had a radical revelation from God that changed his life and the way he would walk out daily life from that point forward. So his life was changed. Secondly, Cornelius and all of those people in his house, his friends, his family, their lives were forever changed. In verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, sharing the gospel message with them, it says the Holy Spirit fell on all who were listening to that message. While Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit was poured out on all of them. They began speaking in other tongues. They began praising and magnifying God. It turned out they were all baptized in water that day as well. Miraculous things happened. These people discovered that they could have life in Jesus here on this earth, and their lives were changed for all eternity, knowing that they could be in heaven with him forever. How awesome. Peter's life was changed. Cornelius's life was changed. All of his family and friends, they were all changed. Thirdly, in verse 45, it says that the believers who came with Peter, he brought people with them, and they were there. They hadn't gotten the revelation. They weren't on the rooftop. He brought them with them, and they're thinking, what? Are you kidding? We're going to a Gentile's house? And they were sitting there with a front row seat, front row view of what was happening, and he saw, they saw the Holy Spirit being poured out on these people. Oh, my gosh. Their lives were forever changed. They're saying, if God is doing this, then God loves the Gentiles, and their perspective changed forever. 
The way they would walk out life from that point on changed. And then it says that the word quickly spread about the Gentiles receiving salvation. And there were some Jewish leaders who were really angry at Peter. And they called him in and they said, hey, what do you think you're doing? You can't share the gospel with these Gentiles. It's not for them. And Peter tells them the whole story, start to finish, everything that happened. And by the time he finishes telling the story, they said, wow. Okay, no more objections here. It's true. God's love, his message is for the Gentiles as well. And then salvation would spread throughout the Gentiles. Revival broke out amongst the Gentiles. Countless people's lives changed for all eternity. God did the miraculous. There was that inward healing, that inward working of love in Peter's heart to make adjustments, then there was the outward willingness on Peter's behalf, and then God stepped in and did the miraculous. God revealed that he doesn't have a comfort zone. He doesn't have this little area where it's just comfortable for him to love those people. No, he loves all people everywhere, all the time, and that's the way he wants us to love as well. Ladies, when we allow God to do that internal work and make the adjustments he wants to make, and then when we step out and willingly be that vessel for his love to flood through, he will do miraculous things through our lives, in our relationships, in our families, in our marriages, in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, with the unsaved loved ones around us, unsaved people that we encounter out in this valley and throughout our daily lives. God wants to work through us, but he's asking us to love beyond our comfort zones. So who's beyond your comfort zone today? Who is it that is just a little uncomfortable for you to love today? Is it maybe someone who is most of the time inside your comfort zone, but today they're just outside because you're a little aggravated with them? Is it somebody that's just been really difficult for you to love? Who is it? Or who are they? And what is it saying about what's going on right here? I think today God wants us to recognize those people, recognize some attitudes that we might have that need a little adjusting, and to allow him to do that work in our hearts so that we can be his vessels to love them. Let's pray together. Father, God, we are so grateful for your love. God, you love us so much, and we're so thankful for that. But, Father, we know that you don't just love us for us to just hold on to it just for ourselves. You love us so that we can be a vessel of your love to others. And, God, when we step beyond our comfort zones to love, we know that you do miraculous things. So, Father, help us not to just stay confined to our little comfort zone. God, show us. Show us who's on the other side of our comfort zone that we need to love. 
God, show each one of us, even right now, just speak to women's hearts where there's attitudes that need adjusting, where there's judgments, where there's hurt or unforgiveness that has put people outside our comfort zone. And God, help us to recognize how much you love them and that you want to use us to extend your love to them. God, I just pray that you'd pour out your healing in hearts where healing is needed right now. And God, I just pray that you would give each one of us the boldness to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to go to whoever you send me, God. I'm willing to go to that one who hurt me. I'm willing to go to that one who frustrates me and let down my walls and extend your love to them. God, use us. Use us. Use us today, God. Use us each day, I pray. In Jesus' name.